Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. It's a lovely Sunday afternoon here in Dolphin's Barn in Dublin. And I am happy that our guest this week is Allison Spittle. Uh, Up-and-coming comedian sounds a bit nonsense. She's a great comic. Uh, some of you may know her from the Allison Spittle Show, her own podcast. Uh, she had a few stints on my show, This Is Ireland Before Christmas. Uh, she's got some big stuff coming up that we're not allowed to talk about. And uh, she's uh, oh, she's been on the Brendan O'Connor Show uh at the cutting edge and uh she's great great fun and uh i was very grateful to her she had some great contributions to this is ireland i have to say really impressed me um so i was happy to have her on the podcast and i'm sure you guys will be happy to listen we chatted actually a lot about irish comedy sort of irish comedy scene from her perspective of coming up uh, in more recent times comparing it to when i was coming up uh we talked about the chewing mother and baby home situation because that's very fresh uh a little bit about repeal the eighth and uh just also about her life because i wasn't 100 percent sure of her history how she became a comedian where she was from so we we get into that a bit uh she always saw herself as sort of not an oddball but certainly the the odd one out in society, which has you can see that in her comedy. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy my chat with Allison Spittle. Allison Spittle, welcome to the Des Bishop podcast. Ugh. I put a lot of time into the title. It's very good. It's very good. Almost as much as my podcast is called the Allison Spittle Show. Oh, oh, oh the Allison Spittle Show. Yeah, but yeah, that makes it sound like there's something else happening other than just chatting. You know. Ah no, but I'm, I think I'm overcompensating. I think generally it is just chatting. At least you're honest. So you know? we're, we're just just set the scene for everybody. We're sitting in my car in Black yeah. Pits. Black Pits, beautiful Black Pits. Which is beautiful Black Pits. No particular reason that we're here, except we went to a coffee place around the corner, and now this is our yeah. This is our spot in the car. They ran out of pastries. So, so originally we were going to do like a kind of a double podcast, but now we've decided, no, I'll just chat to you like yeah. you're my guest. Yeah, do, do. Because, you know, we get double the double double the use out of each other. Uh, exactly. You know? yeah, I don't want to blow my load on you to, <laughs> being a <laughs> guest. Yeah, at all. Yeah, although it would have been better if you had blown your load first because <laughs> a man is much... Uh, when a woman blows a load, she's still useful. When a man blows his load, he is useless. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so I was thinking in advance of chatting to you that yeah. of all the people I've chatted to, I probably know less about you, not professionally, but I know less about your life than normal. I'd say so. I think we met... I'd say we... I, I met you very briefly once. I, I remember one of the first times I met you, you were doing something for the Pat Kenny show in Edinburgh. Oh, And yeah. I hardly knew you, but I only knew more about you. And then I was like, my God, she's a hustler. I am she's a hustler. Already, she's already in Edinburgh. That was 2012, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it was, so yeah. it was 2012. Uh, no, no, 2014 maybe, actually. Was it? I think, wait, I, I was doing So You Think You're Funny that year. I think it was 2014. I think I was doing the China show. Well, you did the China show. Your brother was doing his dyslexia show. Oh, was it that year? That anyway, was that well, year. anyway, anyway, I remember thinking, my God, she's a hustler. I, I am. Had only just become aware of your name, and there you were. Then I thought, wow, she's. I mean, I don't know if she's funny or not because I hadn't <laughs> seen you. I hadn't seen you. No, no, seriously, I, I totally no, no, no. I hadn't seen you, but I thought, wow, she's not afraid of a bit of work anyway. That's for sure. No, I think I because I originally wanted to do radio, and when you work in radio, you work for free. And you work really hard and do every job, making tea, cleaning up, kind of uh, yeah. interviewing people and stuff. So I just had that ethic anyway. Well, I mean, I comedy. liked it. I mean, sometimes I don't know if you feel this is true. Correct yeah. me if you feel this is a false statement. But sometimes in Ireland or certain like within the small circles of the creative community, some people can 
have an attitude about people that show that much get up and go at the start? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. I, don't know, I think it's changed a bit. Myself. Oh, really? You think including yourself? Uh, because I'm an insecure person. Right. And I think people are very insecure when they see people trying hard or being sincere. Um... Or being truthful about what their goals are. And yes. How they're going to work for it. That's a great point about being truthful about what your goals are. Because I think a lot of people pretending. Oh, they do. This false humility and all this stuff. You went to secondary school here. So you'll know, you know, you'll hear some of, some of the students say, oh, I didn't study for my leaving, sir. Oh, I, I just didn't do a tap. Didn't do a tap. <laughs> Can I go in a two English paper? Me? And they come out with an A and you're like, you're lying. Yeah. You're lying. Yes. Just be sincere about your fucking hard work. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, like a yeah. false modesty. Whereas an actual fact, ha being proud or being out there and being ambitious, is, shouldn't you shouldn't have to hide it. No. That should be the vibe, actually. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I, uh, I was telling a friend, the other, I was talking to my friend the other day, and we were just chatting about some shit in comedy, and I was, I get very anxious if I think people don't like me. It's oh, just right. this weird, and I said, all I want, all I want, right, is for just everyone to like me. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> like, it's, and it, it is, it is too, do you know, like, it's a... Uh, I work, I do work hard, but I'm always very mindful. Of, I've always been very mindful of not pissing people off. Yeah, you know. And but it is it, it is too much to ask. In fact, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. And the, the killer is it's a it's a counterintuitive goal because the more you worry about that to a degree, the more you can alienate yourself because you yeah. stop being yourself. Yeah. People, I think people like you most for who you are. Yeah, yeah. No, this, I think it comes from. Um, like moving school a lot when I was younger, so I had to make friendships very quickly. You know, I had to I had to establish uh, a friend group within a few weeks because yes. I'd be gone in a few months, and I just needed to have that kind of social interaction. So, like when I meet people, and it's so annoy, I kind of annoy myself because I always want to think I'm being sincere, but I don't know when I'm being sincere or not because I've been programmed to to tr get people to try and like me as quickly as possible so i will compliment you if i like i'll be like oh nice jumper desk and i'll be like do i actually think he is that yeah. nice a jumper i have to say it <laughs> i mean it is nice but you know but don't so, you think but don't you think that that's also just normal human behavior it is but you see i just i'm so I analyze myself. Yeah, so I was gonna much. say you have a little bit of analysis paralysis. Oh my god! Except gosh. that, except yeah. that you don't. You're obviously not being paralyzed by it because you know life is good and all that. But no, yeah, but I think I I use it a lot in stand up and stuff. I used to do a lot of uh, sets about me, my, the voice in my head kind of telling me why someone hasn't texted me back, or right. it would be that type of thing. And I I've I've always liked doing that, and I feel because that helps me. Uh, creatively, sure, because people identify, right? Yeah, they do. They do, I, and I love those people. They're yeah, my, but it's you know. a good take. I mean, if, without being too cold about it, yeah, it's a good take on things, isn't it? Especially if you're good yeah. at articulating that. Like, I, yeah, I think a lot of people are aware of this crap that goes through their brain, <laughs> but not everyone's good at articulating it in a funny way. No, and I love, I love, um, I love what I've carved out for myself lately. Like I feel very comfortable. Are you aware that that's a space that you're that I you're creating, I think or I that you're 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 occupying? Um, yeah, because I can't occupy the being observant about, uh, like I can't do what you do well, which would be, you know, talking at looking at looking at life's. Uh, what do I do, Alison? Minutia. <laughs> what do looking, I do? <laughs> looking, at, looking at general day-to-day -day minutia and kind of going, hey, did you see this? And I have that but inside my brain. So yeah, I'll but like, I think that's a good hey. place to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm an, I'm an observational comedian but about mental illness. <laughs> you know? But do you think, okay, like, do you, uh, do you think it's mental illness? Um, I don't think, just I think it's human, the human thinking, human thinking but... Because uh... it's funny, I mean, I don't like to bring, I often do this, but I bring something back to like an AA type scenario. But yeah, when I first started going to AA and NA and stuff, 
one of the most healing things about it is people share, but they share about the stuff that you're talking about and you realize for the first time in your life, shit, I'm not the weirdo. No. So if yeah. you can provide that one for yourself in terms yeah. of you get a voice to say, I'm like this. And then everyone has a shared experience of going, shit, I'm like that too. But in your case, they're laughing with you. Yeah. Then that's, that, of course, that's going to be a positive thing for you and for everybody else. And I think, I think, uh, you know, you're right. And I, I think I've always been as scared of shame. So I would like when I was in school, I would make a joke about myself to go. I've made the joke before. You can make the joke. Therefore, I don't feel ashamed about it because I've oh, owned right. it. And I think I'm like that with being a bit weird. So I'd go, I'm weird, but I know deep down you're weird too. So mm. I'm just going to say this. And then I don't feel ashamed or anything like that. Yeah. It's, and it's and yeah. it, absolutely fine. Everyone it's like, has I am order. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I think oddness... Well, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can be funny, but like oddness, like uh, like Steve Martin or Maria Bamford, you I know? Love, their oddness, yeah. their oddness makes them great, totally, and, and drives what they do. So if if that's part of what's driving you, I think you're in safe ground. Hey, thank you, Des. Thank you. But yeah, we don't know each other that well at all. I'd yeah. say probably we're getting into the longest conversation we've ever had as well. It's getting close. It's well, one time close. one time we had a long conversation where we were kind of doing a little bit of bitching about comedy. Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> was kind of... We just, But anyway, other you, than that... You came in on the at a group bitch and you're like, hey, let's get into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I was performing a bit there. But ah, but that's okay. There was, was a crowd. It was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a good, entertaining. It did was, a decent gig. Yeah, <laughs> a good 15. No, but I wanted to ask, no, honestly, I wanted to ask just a little bit about your backstory because it's always like the Midlands and yeah. I talked to some other people about you and it's, you know, it came up about you being from the Midlands, but then I didn't know much else. You yeah. Know? So, so where are you from? Like, originally. when you tell people where you're from, because you say you moved a lot, but where, where, where do you say is your place? Uh, my place is Ballymore, a village in the middle of Ireland. But like, I was born in London, and I moved. I moved. My dad's a builder, so uh, when I was a kid, we moved from London to East Germany to Ireland, back to London again. And then I'm just going to put that onto airplane mode. I apologize. That's fine. You could have left it on also, you know. I could have. I, I, I know it's distracting. Chill. Uh, yeah, I moved uh, from East Germany then back to back to Ireland uh, in Westmead. And I moved from Mullingar to Terrells Pass to Mullingar again to to Ballymore. So I've moved a few times. Wow. Before the bypass. Before the bypass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I kind of moved moved around a lot my family are uh, my dad's english and my mom's irish all right yeah my dad is like very very english and i love i've uh, a nice relationship with my dad but kind of uh, i'm trying to do i'm actually trying to write some material on him at the moment because i think uh, i've analyzed my relationship with my mom and i kind of want to do it about my dad and my dad is very funny yeah. and very and very because uh, my dad's like 50 He's in his fifties now, and he lives in England. My parents separated. Oh, your parents separated, right? Yeah. So he's uh, so we have a lot of conversations on the phone, and it would be about either West Bromwich Albion, the football team, or uh, comedy that he likes. That right? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my conversation with my dad. It does it. <laughs> well, no, only because we used to talk a lot about football. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I kept up to date with football just so I could have. Something to talk about with my dad, you know, and it's nice. It's, it's really nice. He brings me to the horror films. Like now, when did they year. split up? They split up when I was doing my junior sir. So I was oh, right. so it was but later. The writing was on the wall for a while, and but uh, you guys were together as a family for all those moves. All those moves, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And my dad, uh, like, uh, I was the oldest in my family. I have four younger sisters. Uh, one lives, uh, two live in England. And uh, two live in Ireland. And right. uh, I'm six years older than the second oldest. So there's a big gap. Oh, right. So you were kind of on your own for... On my own for ages. So that's why we moved around a lot. You know, you could go to East Germany because it's one kid. And I never I never really had uh, very, like, ch childhood friends at a young age because I just hung out with adults. Yes. You know? So I Which was is really common now. I feel like more common now than when you were growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I felt like I was a bit odd. Like uh, with my, when I did 
go to school and have friends and or try and interact with people especially moving from uh london to westmead because everyone was white in westmead and they weren't in london and i learned a lot about other people's cultures because i went to a a multi-denominational school in London. Oh, right. And were so, you aware of that when you came back to Ireland? Were you like, were yeah. you that astute at that stage to go, wow, this is very... White. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah I did. I did uh, because all of my friendship group in London were Asian. So it oh, really? wasn't... Yeah. Asian as in... Asian as in... Only because in America you say Asian, you mean like Chinese, Korean, yeah. Japanese. Whereas in the UK, I feel sometimes that includes oh, Indian, like Pakistani. Bangladeshi yeah. And, yeah, Indian and... Uh, so it was all, all that. Yeah, and there was one girl that wasn't... Uh, that was that was Asian that's not from Bangladesh or India or any... But I don't know which... What's her actual heritage. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. Just, you know. Uh, so you were running in those circles. I was uh, Yeah, I was taking... I was going on my scooter in those circles. So when I moved to uh, Ireland, you know, it was yeah, a Yeah, that's a culture shock. I mean, I know about culture shocks. I was 14 when I moved to Ireland. but so you I, were, yeah, No, no, but I would, have th- I would have thought that a little bit younger after just having that, that is a big shock to the system. Definitely, because you have no... As well as that, uh, my mum and dad got married in the Catholic church. My dad isn't Catholic. And uh, they had to sign a contract in order to get married in the church that mum wanted to get married in, that they had to bring me up as a Catholic. So yeah, yeah, that was uh, there was actually a term for that, I believe, which I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah. But it was mentioned in the that movie. Yeah, there was a movie. It doesn't matter. Anymore. Okay. <laughs> but uh, tell me about that movie after. Afterwards, that curious. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was curious. It's a good movie. Um, so I had to go to... The Catholic school was full up in London. I had to go to a multi-denominational school. And I, I was just... Uh, that was just my early childhood. Yeah. And then I came to Ireland. I had to be held back uh, a year because I hadn't made my communion yet. And they wanted me to make my really? communion. Really? Yeah. You got held back for your communion? I got held back for my communion. You know, education-wise, bad decision. Financially, maybe a good <laughs> Yeah. A decent financial decision. <laughs> they knew. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just a uh, uh, kind of... Melodic. So you're already put into the sort of different space yeah yeah i was i was i suppose and i've always kind of uh i've always been like because i spent a lot of time on my own as a kid like reading and playing on my own i kind of had an active imagination anyway so i was always like known as a bit mad when i was like 12 and 13 and you're kind of being a teenager i uh oh well basically kind of explain my childhood is weird because my English side are really middle class and my Irish side are, are working class and my dad had a car crash and he was uh, disabled for a few years so we had to move from a house we couldn't afford to pay rent because he couldn't work in the building site anymore so we had to move into a council house uh, in an estate and I was just this posh oh right so and you had the double whammy. I had a double whammy. Oh, and I had an English accent as well. So I had this English accent that went around saying, like, I had a big vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, I was like, I was like the reincarnation of Trevelyan, you know, as a child. And they were like, who is this? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was just uh, everything. I think my whole life have kind of always been adapting. Uh. Um, and now I live in Dublin I kind of I'm just so happy here I feel like I've made a home so when did you so basically throughout your all your teenage years then that was kind of a thing like unsettled not your yeah yeah but I always I always like since I was eight I never moved again I stayed in this village and I was there yeah I just moved around a lot in my early childhood and uh, I I uh, when I was a teenager I was kind of like into Morrissey and stuff and a bit. But did you find a safe, did you find, like, were you happy? I was happy. I mean, yeah, because in this estate, it was a a council estate in the middle of a small village. So there was about 30 houses and a group of, let's say, like six young, young, like girls. And we would hang out together 
and I'd smoke Benson and Hedges and they'd listen to Tiesto and rib me about Mar- Morrissey. But it was. Yeah. But it you was guys a, were friends, though. We were friends. Yeah, that's well, that's all right. Yeah, so it was good. So you weren't bullied or anything? No, 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 no. Definitely not bullied. I was like bullied very early on. But that was just to uh, get used to it. And also, like, uh, like, the guys in the estate, they would like punch you and stuff, but you'd punch them back. <laughs> and it was always. You know, like a guy knocked out my teeth and stuff, but I got him bed up, and it was all very, <laughs> <laughs> do you know. <laughs> so it was like it was it was idyllic. It was yeah. like normal. It was <laughs> normal childhood in a country that has a lot of like repressed people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't have it that like. You wouldn't have it any other way. No, right? kind of normal enough actually. Really. Yeah, someone yeah. said my my childhood is very like a. An awful Shane Meadows film, but <laughs> I kind of don't see it that way. I kind of yeah. like it, you know. Uh, we used to have a good. We used to have firework fights at Halloween, where you know someone someone's parents would go up north, and then we would actually shoot. We would aim fireworks at each other, yeah, and light them, and then try to shoot them. That's gonna damage someone. And we would just like. Yeah, but we used to do that too. Did you do oh, that too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Fourth cool. of July time, we used to do that all the time. I was so much fun. You used to hide behind, ele- you know, electric boxes and just shoot at. But each that is, other. Kind of, I do feel there's a little bit of a working class element to that. that yeah. Perhaps, in some of the circles you're running in now, they mightn't quite get it. No, I think yeah, it's like it's like a, cause it, you know, it's not, it's not, it's working class, but it's not that tough because it's in a village. It's very hard for me to say. I mean. There was this no, but it's an aesthetic. I, I know yeah. what you mean. I there get it. There was this group as well. They had a rap group <laughs> that we were called the X Crew. And we like just took photos of each other going like this, like just doing an X doing an signal X. as if that was our gang. It was just ridiculous. But you were, oh yeah, so you came up, you were an adolescent when people were taking a lot more pictures already, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, 27. Oh, yeah. So you're already at that sort of yeah, taking pictures. Yeah, they and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're, you're would you, I mean, I hate the word millennial, but Go you're definitely it. of that generation, right? Yeah, I don't see it as a, a weird term. It's like baby boomer. It's yeah, exactly. Just a, yeah, yeah. It's just an age group name. It's fine. Like, uh, but you are clearly of the next generation. Like uh, when I look yeah. at comedians, and I think you're 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 of a different generation to to mine. Yeah, that's true. That's Which definitely true. I'd say, and I could be, yeah, I could be like jealous of you as well. That you know, you like we like Dave Davy Riley is coming up, and there's other comedians, and we we don't have the same path as you now to make a living at comedy, and we have to think differently. About yes, stuff. I I would. Uh, I mean, we could talk about that at the end, really, but I, I, I often feel that people think it was easier for us than it was, though. I do, they, I do there's this, think... There's this thing that runs around the yeah. circles that, like, in your day, but in our day, there was a lot less gigs. You can... I tell and, you, and people, yeah. And there was no YouTube, and there was no, you know, uh, making a 10-minute teaser of an idea that you have for nothing. And, like, <laughs> like for, for, for every sort of simple thing that people have in their heads that was easier for us, because yeah. perhaps there was less competition, there was, like technology wipes the floor in terms of advantage there's so much technology now that can help you do if for example like what we're doing right now yeah like not a chance this could be done no we were no, no. we were waiting for the paymasters at the high level of rte and radio ireland which was tfm's <laughs> predecessor you know to to give us a bit of space to do something so it is different but anyway that's that's not important yeah i think i think it's just i just remember being at a house party when i was like y- young in secondary school and drunk and I remember there was just a Tommy Tiernan DVD on in the background and then I thought about it now and I was like that'll never happen for anyone else anymore there's never going to be no one's going to pop on a stand-up comedy DVD in the background of a house party but they are because they do that yeah. with Netflix already see that's the thing that's already changed but it's Netflix now instead yeah. of DVDs but Netflix they got too much choice with DVDs you're you're drunk you, it's like it's like being at a house party where there's only Heineken, you'll just drink the Heineken. And there's a DVD, you'll pop on the DVD. But with Netflix, like you got 20 people there who will have Okay, but opinions. if that's the case, right, then how is Amy Schumer... Like, Amy Schumer's was a television series, but, like, how is Ali Wong now an international superstar? Oh, it's definitely because of Netflix. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing. It's just perhaps a bit more international. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. No, just, j- just in the sense that I, I, I think there's a... There's a there's a sense amongst the younger comedians that somehow it was easier. I I, I just think it's changed, I think it but was. it's the same. 
It's I, just a bit more international. That's what I think. I think it's like when we hear stories of people saying, you know, uh, when we did this tour sponsored by Carol's Carol's, cigarettes. but that's one, yeah, that's the one example. And it was three years. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But I totally like, I'm just telling you what we think. I know, I know deep down it was different and stuff. But. I know, but then I can tell you the story when I hear guys talking about doubling up and tripling up on a Saturday night in Dublin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there was none of that, you know? And I feel, I feel like, because uh, Bernard O'Shea got me into comedy and he was talking about the times where he had to go into phone boxes and ring for a gig. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so difficult, like that we have Facebook and we can contact people via email and stuff and get gigs that way. But anyway, that's neither here nor there because yeah. it doesn't matter because yeah. that time has passed anyway. <laughs> and I feel that this time is positive pros and cons, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely pros I and cons. I definitely think it's harder to make money. I think it's definitely harder to make money. Yes. yes. Uh, I, I, in the in the earlier stage, you're, you're, you're a comedian now. Yeah. It's an interesting time. Uh like for all the chat that we just had about uh, comedy being tougher, I feel like for you it's a m- more open, nurturing atmosphere. Yeah. Than when I started. I will say it definitely is nurturing. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, loads of comedians that are bigger than me, or you know, at a at a higher level, are just so. Uh, how should we say? It begins with a G. I drank one gin and tonic last night and my fucking vocabulary's gone out the window. Um, uh, gracious? Not gracious, because no. I had that in my head. It's, it's well, generous. Generous. There we go. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I think uh, lots of comedians are very generous with their advice and time and also opportunities. And I think you just need to give one opportunity to someone to, to let, let... And it's their choice whether they can run away with that opportunity or not like you just have to you just have to grab everyone you do and, and work as hard as you can yeah and i think there's been a lot of people that have been very forthcoming with that and it's been really cool and i try to do that with people that are very new like people that have just started in the last year yeah. or two you know just have a coffee with them and go uh don't publicly say stuff on facebook yeah. that you don't like about you know well we didn't have to deal with that as well when we were starting out like for all my frustrations with say somebody who i thought was holding me back which was mostly in my brain yeah uh i didn't have a, a place to unload publicly yeah that's kind of good i mean like let's say you could say one thing you know you could get drunk and i remember i remember when uh oh this will be very insidery but i'll c- you can stop me if it gets But it's too. just office politics. That's the yeah. thing that people don't... Comedians think that comedy is such a unique place, but it's exactly the same thing that everybody deals with in the office. People get yeah. resentments, people get competitive, and then, you know, they deal with it in different ways and the gossip rises up. It's the same shit. People think they're more unique, but it's the no, same. I think people think that comedy is uh, a bigger deal than it actually is to people in the real world. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could go to me, yeah, how have you not heard of this person? And you're like, ask ask my friend who works in a crash who she's heard of. And they'll yeah. say, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try. You know, so uh, I, I, I think we, uh, what what were we talking about No, I was, you that? were about to say uh, oh. an example about, I guess it was something to do with a Facebook. Uh, oh, do you some, know what? It was, Facebook the first ever, it was the first ever Facebook vomit when uh, when there was, smartphones were not really that smart and when you were using WAP. And I remember uh, refreshing this uh, page for a whole day where it got 500 comments underneath. It was basically a post about uh, a thing that had happened one night where someone got pulled off stage. But it, then it turned into a debate about how co- comedians can't experiment because promoters are trying to run oh, this a gig. Yeah. yeah, that type of stuff. But it just turned into a... And that happens every one or two years now where there's a, a vomit and people have the yeah. same debate. Well, I've seen them all come and go. Yeah. And you know, yeah. you know what's consistent? The funny people stick around and the not funny people slowly fade away. Um, now... I can't say that the funny people get super successful. No. But, but the ones that are around. funny and consistently make people laugh and more often than not get better as time goes on, they stick around and the people whose focus is somewhere else slowly disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I and, agree and, with that. And that's, that's all it's about. All the other stuff is nonsense, hot air. I've, all, I've seen them all come and go, you know? And that's not even a bad thing on the people that disappear. I mean, because comedy is so... 
uh, it takes up so much of your time. I know, but at the end of the day, it's just about making people laugh. That is it. Yeah, <laughs> that is that and, is genuine. And I feel good when I make a person laugh, and I just want to keep feeling good. I think it's very yeah. selfish. But what I, but, but, well, uh, two things about Dublin, and and what I like about you is, I think Dublin actually people don't realize how conducive it is to experimentation. Yeah. And often a lot of people say, "Oh, we're not allowed to experiment." Because their experiments are consistently shit. Yeah, or you make your own space to exactly. experiment. Exactly, and it depends what type of experiment. And at the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their own opinion on what their gig is meant to be. Totally, totally. Uh, and the audience make the calls. But but on what I'm saying is Dublin has been good, and I also, what I like about you, because it's still pretty early in your career, Yeah, you've not been afraid to joke about tough things. I mean, I haven't seen that many of your shows, but oh, you yeah. certainly weren't afraid to do the abortion thing on... This is Ireland, and yeah. you haven't been afraid to talk about you know issues around your own not depression, but just your own brain. Just my own, yeah. yeah. It, it's so you're right. That thank you. <laughs> I. But was that a conscious decision, or is that just your sense of humor? That is just my sense of humor, and also I'm not ashamed of the opinions I have, and I feel that if I want to, like, I care about my career. But I don't care about the career I would have if I shut up about that type of stuff. Yes. Because that's not important to me. That's not. I care about making people laugh. Making people. I like laugh as well. So I like my audience. And I've kind of made them. I, I feel I've cultivated some really fucking nice people that like me. And I've done that by being myself. And if I wasn't myself, then I don't think I would like my job as much. Do you know? And do you feel that you're motivated by the 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 desires of what you consider to be your audience now or are you still just completely motivated by what you find funny i'm motivated by what i find funny but i care about yeah what they what they what they would find funny because uh it's it's kind of odd because sometimes i get recognized by people and it's very rare because i'm very early in my career but the people that i do get recognized i'm like oh i actually would hang out with them in real life where they look really yeah. cool. So I feel good about that, you know. And do you do you, do you have do you hope to be able to be broader than just that? Um and do you feel that you'd have to compromise to achieve that or do you think it's possible to do both? I think it's possible to do both. I I really do because I think I think there's space. Yeah. You know. No, I think space. so too. So and I don't know what I could change about me to make myself more broader. I think I'm funny and that you can be funny, therefore you can be a success, you know? And did you get much pushback when you did the... Uh, Your show. Well, you did, yeah, because that was yeah. clearly a, a, a pro-choice stance. I had to change my Facebook name. So did I'm you? Not, yeah, I'm not Alison Spittle on Facebook. I had to change it because I got messages. Of really? People. And it wasn't over the abortion thing. It was over making some stupid joke about Sinn Féin. Really? Yep. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah. The shinners came after you. Yeah, because I've been very vocally pro-choice anyway, so it wouldn't have been a surprise yes. to anyone. And uh, and it was kind of odd as well because you know you have to get around like I d if you want to talk like getting around like certain rules about being on TV and talking about abortion, like I felt I had to be even though it was a comedy show I still had to kind of be careful and kind of 
give it yeah, some. Yeah, but that was the whole problem with this. Is that's Ireland. the like, problem. It's very stifling. Yeah, yeah it's very hard wanna... to do satire in Ireland because the the people that will be offended have more protection here than they do in America. They really do. And even my friends were going, you didn't actually ever say on the telly you were pro-choice. And I was like, I know, but I was trying to convey it. <laughs> 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 you know? So, yeah, it's just that I had to change my name on Facebook and stuff. And it's, it's So what did you say about Sinn Féin? I said something stupid like, I can't believe it's not the Ra or something like oh, that. Oh, really? And they get upset? But I, I think they're just shinner bots, you know? Like, I think oh, yeah. that's like... A and it's like, my, my sister is a member of Sinn Féin. Yeah, I know, yeah. So they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I think that's just... Uh, unfortunately, that's just uh, like a, a little troll group that exists. I was like, I'll joke about anything. It's funny. Like, leave me, leave me yeah, be. Yeah, because like, I've made jokes about Jerry Adams, but... I, I, I always make jokes about Jerry Adams because he has he's, a sense of humour yeah because he's a bit of a ride as well <laughs> you know no like, but he does uh, yeah because I've met the guy and he never goes like oh I'm not very happy with your jokes about me like he, he has a sense of humour so I don't yeah. understand why the the shinner bots then feel the need to sort of do but I think honestly that's more just that's more of the same just groups of um you know, you see them on the journal.ie, the comment section. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they just have a bit of... That's their vernacular. That is, is their to vernacular. to go after people, you know? Uh, do you know what's sad? Like, I find, uh, like, a lot of people... Not a lot of people. Some people are kind of vocal about not liking me on the internet, but they'll do it, like, within, like, comments on... on yeah, but that's everybody. Yeah. That is everybody. Yeah, I know. There's, there's people vocal about not liking everybody. Yeah, and I've weirdly become kind of comforted and steely at it now kind of okay i feel like i'm growing in the past two years that well I that's the other lucky thing about being of your generation is that the language about trolls and nonsense online and trash talk online is very clear now it's very clearly a thing whereas you know when when i was kind of getting into the when i was getting into the room where people would write shit about you there wasn't words like trolls wind up merchants you yeah. know actually one was like just beginning as a term the wm like wind up merchant so yeah. you know it wasn't as clear here that this was not public opinion this was just a bunch of dicks online so did, when when would you have come in contact with that yourself like oh two uh, uh, forums and boards and stuff well b boards didn't exist Oh, really? Shit. So this is like really early. Pre-boards. It was peoplesrepublicacork.com was a big forum at the time. And then I had a forum on my own website, which... Wow. Yeah, which then started getting all the all the trolls. So anyway, without we, we're totally, yeah, about yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. The, everybody gets that. I tell everybody. I told Al when he started getting big. Even Kevin Bridges when he started getting big. I said, most importantly, like, ignore all the nonsense because your ticket sales will go up in equal proportion to the amount of nonsense that's written about you online okay so <laughs> the more you see it the more you know you're doing something right cool that's a fact <laughs> i feel good now. oh Thank no you. that's a fact i mean that's an absolute fact <laughs> so so when you see something like the story that came out in the paper yesterday which is just the most horrific thing about the chewing babies oh yeah yeah do you go uh like do you want to talk about it do you get more motivated to fight for equality for women yeah you know like what do you, what what are the feelings when you see that um i think first of all at the moment like it's very hard to think of something funny at the moment about no it no yeah so I know. it's so i i've just uh let me try and articulate all right let me let me properly. change the question how did yeah. you feel when you saw that story yesterday uh disgusted and not surprised yeah um the the thing about ireland is i love ireland but when uh, I'm friends with a few comedians that, are, that come over for a festival and they'll go, oh, you got gay marriage in, you're so liberal and cool and everyone's really nice in Ireland and I'd love to live in Ireland. And I'm like, hold up. And then I'll give them a quick history of the Magdalene Laundries. Yeah. Know? It's just uh, disgusting. And I've had a weird relationship with Catholicism because when I went to the multi-denominational school i had to go to catholic uh sunday school and uh when i was a kid i just took up stuff very literally when you're being taught religion as a kid it's very weird because you you do take everything as this is the absolute truth because why would adults lie to me yes of course yeah and um i've always just i've always just found the catholic church's attitude towards women to be uh confusing you know so and especially ireland as well Ireland's attitude towards sexually active women 
is appalling. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shame. Yeah, a lot of shame involved. I mean, I wasn't sexually active as a teenager. My f- my friends were, and just the amount of shit that they got. I know, was it was amazing. Disgusting. It was absolutely. And uh, I think since I was a teenager, I've just been very. Since seeing my friends being treated that way, I've been very kind of anti shame about women and about. Uh, and it's just it's just not surprising. Do you know what just makes me sad is the cover up and the way we just shrug our shoulders as well. I know. And almost like the fact that we're talking about it now, I even get a thought in my head of like, oh, they're not still going about that, are they? You know, I start yeah. doing other people's thinking, not my own thinking. Yeah. But it, it, it is, it, when, when I think about how horrific, not just, just this horrific. thing is, but report after report. Yeah. Like, how people still defend it, I don't understand. You become desensitized to it as well because it's just so, there's just so much of it that you don't even think of the individual babies and the pain they felt or whatever. And yeah, the way and the their women bodies and the, were the women were slaves. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the women were slaves. Uh, families were, like, because of the culture, shamed their own daughters, sisters, cousins. Just to create that culture yeah. is absolutely disgusting. And, uh, I just, I just find it, I find it weird that everyone's not outraged. I know, yeah, it. me that's too. That's all. Because I, I went to see the Magdalene Sisters twice. Yeah. Which is like, that's like torture. Yeah. But I was so moved, like, I thought that was an amazing film, but I was so moved by what the women went to and I was so angry, you know, like at the end when she like basically tells the nun to go fuck herself i just always want to be like yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah fuck them all you know yeah and i i don't understand why more people don't have that anger and i wasn't even badly treated by the church like no, i actually I had a pretty i had a real benevolent catholic experience yeah which i'm talking about in my current show i sort of talk about my benevolent catholic youth but at the same time i just so disgusted with it all now and yeah. i feel like some people just kind of go like, ah, oh, come on, like, just get over it. And it's like, come on, come on. This this institution still has so much sway over Irish thinking and Irish yeah. law. Yeah. And we're pretending that that's not the case. I would feel I would feel a lot better if if uh, if the Catholic Church apologized, gave all the land that it owns to the government as compensation, financial. Co- do, what about the? And I can never know how to pronounce it. Simsi. Simsiziotomy. Have you ever heard of that? No. Uh, I'm gonna look up the Google of how to pronounce it because I'm gonna. Well, don't worry about that. What is it? It's about it's about because uh, the Catholic Church were against c- cesareans because with cesareans you can only have about three kids. That yes. they uh, encouraged uh, hospitals to give this procedure, which was banned in France in the 1800s, where they basically cut your pelvic bone open and leave women uh, incontinent. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And they're that. looking for compensation. And there's, it's just, Ireland is just, it's so, so it has been so bad to, yeah. to... I just, I mean, I, I don't understand why we women. just haven't been able to... Because what happens is, every time you sort of look for people to go, come on, let's have some real accountability about what went down. And then people are like, oh, you're still going on about this and we need to move on. And I we just don't. think that... that, that yeah, I don't know why there's not more outrage, really. We can be a great country and still look at our mistakes. Yeah. You know? I think that's yeah, a true it was, sign. It was, it, to, to a degree, people... Because, I, I mean, I have a degree in history. I don't want to bore people, but... It, the, 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 there was a sequence There was a sequence of events that left the church having as much power as it, as it did. Yeah. Like, so to speak, society doesn't need to feel like collective guilt because it was... It was a collection of things that happened that left us in this situation where suddenly the church had all this power. And hey, look at the history from, from, you know, the Nazis to Stalin. Like, when a certain institution gets a lot of power, it's very easy for society to fall in line. It doesn't mean you're weak. No, no, It no. happens time and time again. So why can't we just put the hands up and be like, wow, this, the, the legacy of this still influences our lives every day. It does. I still feel... Particularly around attitudes to abortion. I mean, that's just like one of the ultimate areas where you see people still not realizing how much the legacy of the Catholic Church has on people's opinions about abortion. Well, it's just they can't they can't pretend that they have any thought for the sanctity of life when they have a sewer full of bodies of mothers and babies that they can go that they they can they can still maintain an air of uh concern about life because that's not that's that's shown an utter contempt for life 
what they've done. Their actions yeah. have been horrible. And it's destroyed a lot of people's lives. And we just need to... Oh, we just need to... Sorry. <laughs> no, but it's frustrating because I, 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 I've been... Like, I listened to Liveline yesterday for the first yeah. 15 minutes. And it's literally like listening to a horror movie. It's, yeah. It was like somebody telling ghost stories. It's like it's just it's just hard. How these people discovered bones and you know like it's it's really horrific. And I I don't I've never felt militant or anything. I've never felt I've never felt like I've had a strong ab- ab- uh, opinion on abortion. I just think that there should be a choice. That's not a strong opinion. Yeah. Do you know a strong opinion is saying that a person who's been raped can't have the option. Yeah, that's a strong opinion. The, that's the strong that's a strong opinion. There's no the mid, the middle ground is being pro-choice and that's it. Yeah. To be honest with you, and I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be made feel like I'm. Uh, like and the funny thing was the day before, or maybe even the morning. Yeah. I think it was the day before, a poll came out, and it was like different percentages of people who want limited abortion or if you've been raped you should like the fact that that's even a poll is like why if you've been raped yeah how can you not think that someone should have the right to choose if they want to have like that's crazy that's like saying i mean it's not like saying it is saying that a criminal has more rights than you like a rapist can influence your life by choosing to just rape you oh yeah because you can violate your body for the second time yeah 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 yeah, exactly yeah Yeah. that's that's it, it it baffles me so deeply that's why i can never have respect i have no respect for anyone who is pro-life or, or anti-choice to the extent that they think that a woman who's been raped has no rights. Yeah, I, I actually... I, 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 I have yeah. respect for people who have a, a moral problem with abortion. That I can understand. Yeah. I have no respect for somebody who thinks that. But I, I think it's so hard that people who've come out like uh, Tara Flynn and uh, Roshan Ingle, I mean, their lives have been uh, made very different just by being... Being public uh, about that. But being public about that. And that's quite sad. Yeah. But that sh- I feel like that shame that they've been subjected to or the shaming. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of women, you know, 40, 50 years ago, a lot of women felt that for just just being sexually active. Oh, definitely. You know, that was the yeah. vibe. How dare you? How dare you? But it, I think uh, if you had to, like, condense it as well, like their arguments... Their arguments are basically, why don't you just close your legs? Would be, you yeah. know, the horrible kind of. So people think that's over. It is. I mean, over. I do. I do think to a degree when I I talk to younger people, like there's de- like there's definitely a complete different attitude nowadays. Yeah. But there's still something in the air. I just think I never, when I was uh, eleven or when I was making my confirmation, I remember there being scandals about the Catholic Church. So I've never had, um. Uh, you know, an adult memory of the Catholic Church being—it was no shock yes. when all the, when all this other stuff comes out, and I think that's a lot of people my age are, are in the same position. So it's just uh it's just odd. I just yeah, because I I've, I've been revisiting some material about the Catholic Church in my show. Yeah, just kind of having I just a quick look. Yeah, and uh, I still feel the room get tight, which shocks me. I, and it's not uh, yeah. even that critical. For no. example, I talk about why is there no women priests? Why is there no women? Priests? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and uh, but the crowd get funny. And here's a weird thing. Yeah. Not always, but eighty percent of the time. So I, I do a thing about my demands of the church for me to come back. I'm not actually yeah. looking to go back. It's just a routine. But uh, the <laughs> first one is the first one is women priests. Yeah. And the second one is at least if you can't have women priests, then at least let priests marry. And eighty percent of the time, the priests marrying gets a round of applause and a whoop and the women priest doesn't twice yeah. twice it's uh the women priest has gotten a bigger reaction than let priests marry would you if you if you to go to a, to a funeral in a catholic church would you stand up and take the communion oh i never take the communion i don't either no i never take communion that anymore. feels very subversive oh it doesn't feel subversive to me to i me. actually i i feel like i would be a hypocrite you know yeah no 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 me too but it feels like very public to me do you I think, think so? Because I think people think that you're you're kind of Catholic by default, and that you'll get up and take the bread. Yeah. 
that I developed. Well, the only good thing about going for communion is that you get to see everybody that's at the front. You do, that's <laughs> You true. get to have a goo at who's actually there, and they get, <laughs> they get to have a goo that you're there. Yeah, that's so <laughs> very true. Irish people love a goo. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't... Uh, I, I, I don't uh, go for communion anymore. It's it's hard because I, I just feel that I don't have strong opinions on, on women's rights or uh, abortion rights or anything like that. I just I just have my moral standpoint that I'll, you know, it doesn't seem like that radical, I think. Yeah, it, it, it just comes up a lot lately with the education thing and now this. But yeah. the education thing is, there's an institutional problem there in terms of how much patronage. But in terms of... Thanks. This chewing babies thing, I just, you know, the guy from the anti or the the Catholic League, Bill O'Donoghue, was in the Facebook leaving a post saying it's fake news and it's all made up, and it's just like, at what stage are these? Like he's a bad example because he's not really ha he doesn't have a big voice in Ireland, but there are people with similar views to him that have a big voice in Ireland, and it normalizes that opinion. It does, and yeah. it, 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 like somebody like Brito O'Brien say, right? Let's like she's gonna get a voice on this, and she's gonna. She's going to pretend to denounce it, but she's going to make an argument, which is fine. She has a right to do that. But the problem is then it makes it seem normal to not go, come on, it's just horrific in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. This, in, If this was another institution, it would be unacceptable. Whose feelings are you sparing by yeah. pretending <laughs> that it's okay that there's corpses in a, in a sewer? Yeah. Who are you, who are you protecting? It's I, but just even, so and, and more than that, the reason why they're there is so horrific. Well, do you think... Because you making the the satire the satire show is this made your opinion stronger. The, this is iron. No, no, I've always had strong opinions on this. I mean, my grandmother's sister was in a magna laundry in Clonakilty. Yeah, and uh, it was, you know she was raped. Now, of course, you know I don't know the facts, but you know you you could always argue well she wasn't really raped, but that's what they say. But anyway, yeah. that's irrelevant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th even if she wasn't, which yeah. she probably was. She was sent to a laundry for doing, you know, like not a big deal. And of course, we'll never know what happened to my, you know, my, my grandmother's nephew, no. you know, or, or, or niece. Yeah. And, you know, all that stuff. It, it's so horrific. But like, I, I don't think I've got a special story. I think that's like so common. That's so In common. Ireland, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, yeah. and like, I think everybody should be horrified by that. But isn't it crazy that, you know, you know someone that was a slave? That was. Yeah. Well, luckily they got her out after slave. a year, you know. But she was enslaved for a year. That's madness it's madness all all based on this crazy obsession that the church has with sex but anyway i just thought i would ask you about that yeah. because it, it was literally yesterday and i i knew that you would care but in answer to the this is ireland thing do i care more uh no not really no the only frustrating thing about the this is ireland experience is that you know just the way the law is here that's just to get a bit of air. Just yeah, the way no. The, just the way the law is here. I realize we uh, both had flat whites as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, coffee dump. Coffee. For, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, it's just hard to be critical of certain things without fear of people being able to come back at you uh, by with a lawsuit. So yeah. it's, it's not... It, it, it's it's not a totally fun experience, especially if you're going to go for those tough subjects. Like, it's fine if you're going for the... Fina Gale, Fina Fall, that type of stuff, which I think is all... I'm not saying that you shouldn't be joking about that. We're yeah, joking about yeah. that also. But when you're talking about the tough stuff like like abortion, like the vaccines, you know, where, where very motivated groups of people are going to come after you, yeah. it, it, it's tough because actually you don't have a lot of protection around you. You're, you're very exposed in, in Ireland just by the way the libel laws work. And you're... Be, and and you're, you know, you can be sincere about a subject, and that kind of leaves you exposed to. Yeah, yeah, you do get very exposed, but that's all right. I mean, that's it's 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 worth doing it. I mean, I've yeah. I, I've actually it's funny because when people talk about my comedy, they always think I just talk about what I saw in Ireland. But actually, nearly every single one of my projects has been about difficult subjects. So yeah, that's actually the natural thing for me. So I don't mind. Right. I don't right. mind that there's going to be pushback. I have no choice. That's always been the types of things I wanted to joke about. Yeah. But in terms of this is Ireland specifically, making me care more, no. No, that yeah. was more just a frustrating experience rather than uh, anything, <laughs> that caused me, anything that caused me to care more. Yeah. So we can't, we, we can't talk about your bloody next project, but that's <laughs> all right. I, what I'll do is we won't talk about it now. I will get you again. Dude, cool. I, I will get you again. Uh, in relation to talking about that, but yeah. soon enough, so that it doesn't, you know, fade. Because I, I, I'm curious, uh, I'm curious about that as well. But uh, was I gonna? I don't like talking about women in comedy and all that because you talk about that all the time. Yeah. But uh, 
I, I was just looking. I just had a quick scance at a few things. And Did I, you Google me this? I had a quick Google just to, to see if <laughs> yes, I... that's fair. To see if I got any... A, cur- you, a courtesy Google. <laughs> a courtesy Google. Although I don't like these... In- I like interviews that are well-researched. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I, don't, but like- I, but I don't like this this chat. No, no. To be uh, a well-researched chat. However, yeah. I myself find that I have a, a lot more women comedians that I like nowadays. Yeah. So rather than talk about women in comedy as a thing, like... Don't you think it's great that there's a lot more choice? It's so good. It's you know? so good. With with women in comedy. Well, just because like like I now would say love watching Amy Schumer, Ali yeah. Wong, yeah. Catherine Ryan. Oh my god, her so special. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the special yet, but I like uh, Catherine Ryan a lot. Sarah Milliken, uh yourself, ah. Maeve Higgins. Yes. Uh even though she pissed me off on this podcast, but whatever. <laughs> uh, that's that's separate. I She's still, so good, I'm though. still a fan. Uh, and uh, others, but I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a good list. Whereas, like, you know, years ago, I probably, you know, I, I would have had to go multi-generational to list that you many. Are, yeah, They're all current. They're all current. You know. It's so, great. Yeah, do you, I mean, it's, it's kind of condescending in a way to discuss it as a subject, but... At the same time, we must. No, no, because actually, it's a very current thing for me. Where I went, oh, and Sharon Horgan, she's not stand up, but like her 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 she's series incredible. are great. So, oh, oh, oh sorry, Ashling B, she's been a guest. Oh my gosh, she's yeah. on the cover of Image. So there was just a number of things that happened recently where I just went, wow, there's just a lot of women comedians getting yeah. out there. And does that make you happier, or like, like I mean, you don't have to make an opinion. It makes me happy too. But I was just curious. Are you talking about? Uh, yeah, like uh, it's just a good time. I, I guess I'll think of it in, in this context. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like a stupid condescending question about female comedians. But when I started doing comedy, it was in the middle of the Father Ted Irish comedy boom. So people say, "Do you yeah. think it's a good time for Irish comedy?" You know. So I guess it's like, "Do you think that this is a boom time?" Uh, yeah. But I think there's just been a massive boom for comedy generally, anyway. So yeah. with Netflix, you have so much choice. So you maybe have access to like 500 comedy specials at one time. Yeah. And now you've got 50 women that you can choose from, and they're all different in a, yeah. in a good way. Um, I, when I first started doing comedy, there was Sarah Milliken was just getting big, I think, or I had heard of her. And uh, I'd never considered doing stand-up comedy before um, because I didn't watch any of it, so I didn't see it as a... A viable thing I wanted to do, but then I did it and I loved it. But there wasn't that many women doing comedy at that time. Right. And, uh, in Ireland, I remember my second gig. One of the, a comedian came up to me and he said, "You know, uh, you're the funniest woman on that night." And there was two women <laughs> on the bill, and I was like, "And I took, I was like, oh my god, this is brilliant! <laughs> I took it as such a big compliment." So I spent maybe the first two years of my uh, comedy life. God, if I could be the best woman on the bill, I'm happy. And that's such a cop-out because you should yes. try and be the best Yeah, person. you should never be thinking that way, right? No, no, no. I shouldn't be thinking that way. But I, know, I was And like, I shouldn't be thinking I need to book a woman. And, you know, it should just know, be normal. It should be like, normal. You know? I think it will be. I think I guarantee you five years' time, it'll be fine. We're in a transitional period. Yeah. And it's cool to ask these questions now. But I know it's going to get better because I saw when I saw other women doing comedy and doing well at comedy I was like okay so this is a viable thing that you can do so there there are 14 year olds at home watching uh, Netflix seeing Annie Wong on the, on the TV and going oh this is a viable thing I could work towards and build towards and be what I found as well is that a lot of male comedians like not a lot but there was a fair few comedians that were men that would start off when they were 18 or 17 or, or 19 or yeah. 20 when they weren't fully developed people, but they knew they wanted to do comedy because they loved comedy and they saw that as a viable thing. But I never saw a woman yeah. do that. I've always seen a woman start in her mid-20s when she was probably harangued by other people to do it. Yeah, except for Josie Long. Except for Josie Long's just... Like, Josie Long is the exception to all... She's just brilliant, exceptional lady. But... Um, uh, and that's, I think it's going to be a really exciting time because I think there's going to be a new generation of comedians and I'm gay, black, you know, yeah. women, white men, white men with different opinions. It's going to be great. And I don't mean like white liberal men. I mean just men. Just yeah. just anyone could do it, you know? And do you think part of it is 
like, what do you think it is? Because like, something was holding women back. Uh, I mean, I, I'm aware of the the patriarchy and sexism and all that. Yeah. But just just in terms of comedy, what what has been the changing thing recently where finally women have been allowed to flourish or just been given their space? I mean, I, I just find them funny, so it doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's not like a thing really, but there's definitely a lot more than there used to be. What the fuck happened? I, if I. I'll tell you what I've observed, because I used to run the door of the Hey Pity Battle of the Axe for, like, just hold out the sign and yeah. do the side door for uh, two years. And I would see a lot of, like, uh, baby comedians come in doing their first gig. And a guy, a guy like, this is, this is, this is, gen- this is kind of generalizing, but just... Uh, what uh, what I've seen. Never let a sweeping generalization get, get in the way. way. Yeah, just comedy. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never let your fear of a sweeping generalization get in the way of comedy. Yeah. No, don't. But uh, so you know, you'd see a guy. Maybe he did okay, or he did shit. Like if he, if uh, I've seen male comedians come off do shit and go. High fives all around. Yeah, great. It was good for the first time. Yeah, I think I really got something there. I really got something there. You know, like they didn't right. react the way I want, but that's cool. And uh, if I see. I've seen women come off stage crying because I think they're just very self-aware mm. and they don't see, they see the bits where people didn't laugh. They kind of, uh, they're just very self-analytical and kind of, because they have to be, because you, as a as a woman, you kind of have to analyze every situation, even social situation where you, like this, this is like going into a different kind of topic, but let's say you, you're talking to a guy, you're like, uh, you know, I have a boyfriend. I don't want to seem like I'm flirting, so I'm gonna analyze my behavior and change it. And I look back at it and go, "Oh, I acted like this, or I acted like that." Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. Do you know what? To be honest with you, there's a lot. I'm sure there's probably you can say it as man, if if this happens a lot with you too. But no, we, no, no. But I mean, I I just curious. I I just like I love. F- hearing the like i've always had a problem with this dismissal of like when women talk about certain things they go oh that's a woman talking about Uh, that yeah that's sad clearly like men are doing the exact same thing yeah with other other subject matter which is like the same thing but they don't get judged for it but i'm just wondering why all of a sudden people have just gone yeah this is funny um i think because women are being a bit more uh I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, I like, mean, I, I don't know. It's like, all bullshit anyway because who knows? Well, there's probably a gazillion reasons why. I think men are becoming a lot more freer as well to not pretend that they're just into this one thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think, I think, I think, I yeah, think there's a certain element men. of audience expectation like that, that has changed. Definitely that changed. they're okay with that. And, and as well as that, um, when you when you don't cater to a specific person's needs, so like you're a 35-year-old male and like a lot of culture is directed towards you not that you're very like you know you're a male you're in your 20s 30s a lot of culture is directed towards you that you can watch and consume and it's good but then you might watch something that's not directed towards you but still enjoy it and you go mm. cool that was fun i can see myself in that person's shoes that's fine and then yeah. it becomes i think we're getting more access to different things and it's not and we discover it's like it's like uh, Ireland in the eighties, you know, when Chinese food came along, and everyone's like, "Ah, I like Chinese food." I didn't know I didn't like yeah, Chinese yeah, food. Yeah. It's there, and it becomes part of the general tapestry of Ireland. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen with entertainment and culture. Is that just uh, you know? W- so w- women comedians that like garlic. Twenty years they ago in Ireland, garlic. it yeah. was like a sin to put it into food. Now, yeah. if there's no garlic, there's no flavor. It's gonna and it's gonna be lovely because it's gonna be you know you're gonna yeah. I think uh, I'm really uh, I'm really enthusiastic about the future. I think it's gonna be great and because uh, a lot of my a lot of my friends are guys and we talk about we we never uh, I could talk about periods with them or anything. They they don't get kicked out. It's kind of well, it's fine. great. I mean, it's it. it I know it seems like a condescending conversation, but I just think it's great because you wouldn't get like like there's a certain type of humor in catastrophe that yeah just blossoms in a in a place where a woman feels like she can talk about the yeah. shit that's tough for her yeah. like particularly with what I love about catastrophe is like it's very openly sexual it's very open about. You know, the insecurities of a sexual situation, the insecurities of a relationship, you know, all these yeah. things like, like we kind of didn't get that for a long time because 
that, it wasn't allowed or, or certainly like people pretended that there was no market for it. And that's a collaboration between a man and a woman, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's so universal. And I think it's got um, one of my favorite bits in catastrophe is you know the bit where they're having sex and she goes, Stop, I'm I'm not gonna come. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, just, like, I just like laughed way too hard at that, you know? No, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean uh it's <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. So, I mean, isn't it great that stuff like catastrophes on telly? So, well, thank you so much. I I'll have you back on soon. We'll talk about that other thing. Awesome, absolutely. Uh, because I just want to talk about the the writing process. Yeah. So, uh, but until that time, thank you so much. Thank you, Des. Handshake. Thank you. And I uh, wish you continued success. You too. <laughs> so, thanks to Allison and. Uh, Sorry for one or two, maybe it seemed a little unnatural cuts. Uh, we had a very long chat, and uh, I wanted to, uh, I, I planned to talk to her again, so I, I left a couple of things for, for the next conversation. I am not a professional editor, so if anyone thought, whoa, that was a bit of a jump, uh, that's on me. Uh, but I don't think it affected the flow of the conversation. Uh, we'll be back soon. Don't know who my next guest is, that's the truth. Uh, but I will get somebody this week. Uh, but if you want to see me, I'll be in Vicar Street on Friday and Saturday, although they're sold out, but I'll be in Vicar Street on the 24th of March. I'm also doing the charity gig in the Three Arena on March 17th with tons of comedians, including Tommy Tiernan, Dara Breen, Deirdre O'Kane, Al Porter, and the rest. A lot of comics doing that show. Uh, so come and check that out. And uh, I'm in Tullamore on the 22nd of March on a Wednesday now I don't normally do a show on a Wednesday so there will definitely be tickets available for that if you want to come see me and tell them more and then I'm off to Australia for six weeks at the end of March so thanks for listening uh, send me a Snapchat uh, Des Buffer is my Snapchat send me a tweet at Des Bishop Instagram Des Bishop Facebook.com forward slash Des Bishop spread the word about the podcast like us on iTunes subscribe on iTunes leave a review on iTunes and we will chat to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.